WDBM East Lansing. Welcome to Impact Exposure. Exposure is 88.9 The Impact, one-hour forum discussing relevant issues affecting the MSU community. And now, tonight's Exposure. Good evening on this beautiful election day. You are tuned to Impact Sex Exposure because tonight we have a group from Olin Health Center to talk about sex, relationships, and many other topics. So if you guys want to start going around, we have quite the group with us here tonight, and you can introduce yourselves, and you guys can start. Hi, I'm, I'm Andrew. Happy Election Day. I'm Kat. I'm Erica. I'm Christy. And I'm Dr. D. And thank you for having us, Emily. Yes, thank you. We appreciate it. We were just kidding Emily before we went on air saying she's a virgin host to Sexposure. <laughs> this is true. We hear but she did, she did her, her preamble. She watched. She listened to a couple of the podcasts. Of, so you did your foreplay before you came on, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And we're, we're happy to be here, even though it is election night and... Uh, uh, there's still time to vote, uh, I guess, right? Polls are open so. for another hour. Close at 8. But, but we really minutes, want you to listen yes. to Impact. You know, have Impact and stand in line and then vote and then listen to us. Bring That's your right. portable radio. Because we're going to talk. What are we going to talk about tonight, Christy? Oh, we've got a lot of things on our agenda tonight. We've got some talk about senses, like sight, smell, sound, taste, some aphrodisiacs, some sex toys and pleasure and satisfaction. Should be a really fun show tonight. <laughs> and you sound excited. I am. <laughs> it's a pleasure show. It's a pleasure. With Emily hosting the pleasure show. We're happy. So please call in because the number is 432-3893. Because we have our prize pack tonight. Right, Emily? Right. And also, um, if if you don't want to call in, if there's questions that come up, you can also um, IM me at Impact Exposure. And that's just the the screen name. If you want to type in a question, we can answer that for you here. Impact goes tech. Don't you yeah. like that? Oh, this is new. Sex it tech proves. questions. I love that. But we have the question of the day, and we have the prize pack, and the prize pack's loaded. Yeah. It's a complimentary prize pack from Olin, right? What, what's in it? We got a lot of good stuff in it. We got some flavored lube, some condoms, we have some candy. I think even a double J massage. Yeah. Double J. Oh, wow. Right. Leftover Halloween candy. So good stuff. No, no, no. <laughs> Halloween candy. What kind of flavored lube do we have? Because Emily's oh, upset got, that we didn't bring any tonight. We've got some good flavors. We have uh, strawberry kiwi. Um, Watermelon, peach, pina colada, cherry, wild cherry. I think that's it. Well, we'll bring a pina colada for you next time and see. Okay, all right. I actually taste it. So we have a question of the day. If you call in and answer this question, you will get a complimentary prize pack from Olin Health Center. And the question of the day is this. We have this big debate about this, so this is the question. Call in and tell us what you'd want your partner to know about sex. Now, it can, be, it can be heterosexist, so in other words, we can say, call and tell us something you think every man should know if you're a woman, and what every woman should know if you're a man, and if your partner is same-sex, then just call in and tell us. Tell us what you'd want to know, what you want them to know that you don't think they know, something that they should know about sex. Okay? We're talking about pleasure, so that's, well, can, well, is that the yeah, focus of the yeah, question? Pleasure. So it's saying a yeah. sexual act, so everything you ever want to know. Well, should we give them a hint? Sure. Now, one, one of the things I always get when I do this exercise, when I ask people to do this, is, is you know, women are calling and say, tell the men to get a manicure. Now, why would they say that, ladies? Why would they say that? So you don't want to... Don't all there look at me like this. <laughs> you don't need such sharp fingernails touching you. No sharp objects. No hangnails. No hangnails. That might hurt. Oh. <laughs> 
What do you I think? I mean, hurt where? What are you talking about? Yeah, no one said any words tonight. Vagina? <laughs> no one said <laughs> masturbation or vagina or anything yet. And well, three minutes in. We're good. <laughs> we're good. We're in three, three, into three minutes, and Christy just kind of named them right on, <laughs> right down the line. So, so, so manicure would be important. Why? Because what? For what reason? For intimate touching. For intimate touching. That's right. Or so, even non-intimate touching, yeah. you know, it could be uncomfortable. Or at least just cut your nails, guys. You don't have to get a manicure. That might be too much, right? And you don't want dirt in the fingernails when you're inserting your hands into a vagina. Your hands? Or Straight your fingers. Okay. Your fingernails, sorry. Like, Cat comes back and starts talking about fishing right away. first time on the air. We're getting right down to it. Right away. But why clean your hands? I mean, this might be like a dull question, but honestly, you know, we find out that a lot of people lack information in this area. So why would you want to clean your nails? Germs. Bacteria. <laughs> Bacteria. Yeah, nobody wants infections. Nobody wants infections. <laughs> you don't know where those fingernails have been. So call in. Emily's just sitting here with bated breath, or, or I am in, and tell us everything you think, or that one thing you think the other sex or same sex, if you're in a same sex relationship, should know about sex. And that number That's again one. is 432-3893. Okay, you want to go to the, there was, Erica, you want to talk a little bit about the newspaper article that was sure, in this we week? we can talk a little bit Kristen? about it. Um, Trojan Condoms is doing a campus tour, the Trojan Comedy Tour, um, and they also rate colleges and universities across the nation on their sexual health services that they provide students. Um, it's primarily based off of a website um, and we received a ranking of 36 this year out of over 100. Um, anyways, they contacted me and they were kind of concerned about our rating but I let them know that really there's no concern. We do a great service um, for our students. Who contacted you? The State News. Oh, State News. State okay. News. We love the State News, by the way. Um, so they actually gave me a really great opportunity um, to give some information about what we offer our students. Um, and we know that our students use, 61% of them use a condom the last time they had vaginal sex. And that is much better than most schools in the nation. So I'm going to hand it to our students on that one. So how, much, put, how, how much should we trust this sexual health ranking? Is this sort of like a Playboy Party School ranking? I think so. Sort I, of non-scientific? I, I would agree with that it is not. The most scientific, no. Okay. Um, and they graded on a, a four-point scale. What do you think other schools are doing that we're not doing that made us maybe lower than what you think we should be? I think a lot of it is based on their website. Um, like Go Ask Alice, for example, at Columbia is a great um, resource. You can ask questions anonymously, and they have a blog. Um, and we direct our students to that for a lot of information because it's great, and there's mm -hmm. no need for us to kind of reinvent the wheel, if you will. Right. Um, and I know we... Are we getting ours back online? Yes, it should be up within the next week. That's right. We do have a link from our website as well to ask anonymous questions, but Columbia has a great um, resource and website. I'm not thinking of any other schools that are really sticking out to me right now. So a lot of this they, they based on looking at our website? Most of it's website. Which admittedly needs improvement. So. Well, they may need improvement, but also we talked about the fact that when they do these judging, they come from a prevention standpoint sometimes. They look at it to see what's there that you're doing in prevention. And that's really not our theory, it's prevention. That's, our no. theory is really about what? Comprehensive sexuality. Um, not just sex ed, if you will. Okay. And just, by, just so our listeners know, that 61%, let, let's use one of our 
sister schools, as we'll call it, uh, which is Ohio State University. Right. Similar size oh. university. Similar size university. What was their uh, high ranking? About 38% condom use. Oh. So oh, wow. the fact that 61% of MSU students choose to use a condom last time they had vaginal sex compared to someone like Ohio State, I'm sure there's somebody from Ohio State listening, I think impact can get all the way down there. <laughs> some cases. <laughs> well, we, we, you know, and they, they made a big case out of it. You know, they had press releases, 39% of our condoms used, and we yeah, kind of yeah. sat up here and went, duh, <laughs> and 61% of our students. And, and, and the reason being is that we have a very aggressive condom distribution program. We're really into putting out the condoms out there so people use them. You but partner with Res um, Residence Hall Association for Condom Connection? Yeah, I'm actually a mentor, and we I did Condom Connection, and, you know, we get a pack of condoms and you get to pass them out. Some people like keeping them in their room, having people knock on the door and they need them, but I find that doesn't work. So I put them in the bathroom, and within the first day, they were all gone. <laughs> so people are using them. <laughs> well, and it's not, <laughs> like Tweety said, first day, there's 40 people having, no, no. <laughs> but, but the fact is, we want people to use them if they choose to have vaginal intercourse or anal intercourse or even oral, oral, oral intercourse. Uh, but we, we, buy them for that reason. That's part of our philosophy is that we believe in uh, looking at sexuality as satisfaction. And satisfaction just doesn't mean necessarily preventing STIs and unwanted pregnancies and all that stuff. But it means are you satisfied in choosing your partner? Are you satisfied you made a good decision about even having sex? Are you satisfied in the sexual act? Are you satisfied the way this person treats you in your relationship? It's all about satisfaction all the way. So, And I think about being comfortable with sex too. Um, why you might be comfortable and why and why not. I think that's another thing that we focus on. Mm -hmm. So the story, I mean, it. Uh, what else did they cover in the story, Erica? Um, mostly condom use. Um, I can't think of anything else specifically that, that they covered. Um, we talked a lot about uh, the comprehensive aspect of it that we talked about and satisfaction, how it's not just, you know, okay, use a condom when you have sex, but what does that, what does even having sex mean to you? Um, you know, and having a, a consenting partner as well. So it's kind of that whole realm. And we talked a lot about our collaboration too with other, other campus partners. And we talked about um, RHA and the Women's Resource Center as well. And we partner in the spring for Women's Healthy Sexuality Month. Um, and World AIDS Day as well. You know, that's coming up next month. So, and RHA uh, is involved with the condom connection. They too. are, yes. So, RHA has been a really good collaborative partner over the years. They really uh, look, kind of take a look at our data in the beginning of the year and say, well, what can we do to actually help our students? And so, yeah, I have to give kudos to RHA. They've always been a good collaborative partner. But since we have a mentor as a host, I mean, let me ask you a question, Emily. Uh, let's turn the tables here. Okay. So you put these you put these condoms out into the bathroom. Do you, do you get questions from students about sex or about whether I should have sex or relationships or I don't like these condoms? Do you get any questions about? Not a whole lot. I'm in a dorm that's primarily older students, like. Juniors and seniors, rather. And they than, don't have sex, right? Well, <laughs> I don't. Well, actually, yes. Uh, yeah, actually, I can't <laughs> talk about that. But um, <laughs> I, don't, I usually don't get a lot of questions. As maybe um, a mentor on that has mostly freshmen. Um, I knew. I do know other people in the dorm. You know, they have issues. Like, let's say, um, I, I was talking to someone today from my um, hall, and they were saying that you know I'm in the room and my. Um, 
my roommate still thinks it's okay to be able to have sex while I'm in the room at night, oh, and yes. I don't think that's okay. <laughs> but I don't think that necessarily in all those types of instances they go to the mentor for help. So I don't know. That's probably a fairly common yeah. <laughs> issue that people have. Being sexiled, as we call it. <laughs> sexiled when you can't go back to the Oh, you're exiled from your room, right? Mm-hmm. They'll sock on the door, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, now, if, if you... This brings up a good question, because we're going to talk about pleasure and satisfaction. You talked about the older student. I mean, mm-hmm. if you if you put out a sign on your door uh, and said, I'm open to talking about pleasure <laughs> you think anybody would knock on your door? I mean, if you really put yourself up and say, I'll talk to you about... How to do anything. I'm the sexpert on this floor. <laughs> you think they'd knock on your door? I don't think so. Why not? <laughs> they I... might think you're trying to come on. <laughs> <laughs> Only you would say that. Andy. I was mean. thinking it. I mean, <laughs> come on. So do you, th- you think people want to talk about pleasure? I think they're afraid to, in the most, for the most part. Well, do you guys know any? I I remember hearing like maybe like my freshman year the the pimpology thing oh, yeah. that always mm-hmm. happened. Are you guys involved with that? Or is that's that coming back? We are, right? and pimpology is coming back. It's actually coming back November thirteenth. Um, and Evan, who created it, did a great job. I'm really incorporating a lot of aspects that should be considered, you know, when it comes to sex, um, and making the decision to have sex, um, and especially navigating alcohol use as a factor as well. Mm-hmm. But you brought up Pimpology, and Pimpology was a really popular program. Yeah. A lot of people went to that without being forced to go to it. You know how mentors sometimes have to put on programs oh, yeah. and stuff, and you got to drag them kicking and screaming to it. But people went to that. So why would you think people would go to that? It's kind of like another program that we're resurrecting, which is the In Your Face Reality Troupe. It's the theater troupe that Owen used to have a couple of years ago. It was very popular. People would come there, and they'd just flock to the troupe. You know, we'd have a big turn. Why do you think people go to programs like that? Well, I think it's, like, presented to you. Um, I remember seeing it my freshman year and hearing other mentors talk about it, how, like, they would come back, or when they were freshmen, they'd, their um, parents would move them in, they'd be in a co-ed floor, and they'd be this huge bulletin board about, let's talk about sex, or, you know, pimpology, learn the different sex positions. And I think if it's things that people are maybe curious about, and it's handed to them, okay, here it is, you have all this free stuff, too, that you, or, or, you know, stuff that you can um, get, and um, and and so I think that it's it's a motivation for students, um, and then once they see some people coming, and then more will come, and it just spirals. But what were you going to say? Oh, kind of just the same thing. I was going to say that um, I think that everyone's interested in it. I mean, it's natural to be interested in that kind of thing, especially about pleasure, and to want to know and to be curious about it. But I think. When it's presented to you, it's a lot easier to go to because you can learn about it and you don't have to talk about it. And sometimes that's the hard part is actually like talking about it yourself or with other people, you know, just like thinking about it in your own mind. But well, you know, uh, several of us are, have been HIV counselors for years where we do HIV testing. And we get, we get clients in all the time and you talk to them about the risk factors and stuff. And I don't know about you guys, but many times when I was done with my counseling and they get their results and they were negative, I would ask the students, you know, why are you involved in sex? You know, not, not in that condescending <laughs> parental way, like, why are you involved in sex? But, you know, but really say, you know, tell me, tell me why, you know, why you chose to have sex. You know, and many times people would, would not come up with a good answer. You know, and so our philosophy has always kind of been there's really only two reasons to be involved with sex. One is procreation, to, to 
have a child and the other is pleasure. But very, very rarely do we talk about that openly about men or women having pleasure. And usually when I say that in the group, men say, well, I don't have any trouble with pleasure, but <laughs> women usually have a hard time. And now and then during the years when I would ask somebody, especially a woman, now and then I would get a woman who would say, because I like it or because it's pleasurable, but not, not, very, not very often. So, Christy, when you just said that, I think many times when you open up a program like that, it gives people permission. And I think that's what we try to do a lot of times, is give people permission that it's all right to do that. Mm -hmm. So so let's let's talk about this a bit. Let's talk about the pleasure. We're still waiting for our first caller here. And we know yeah. it's election night, but we have this prize pack that's going to keep getting bigger. It's kind of like the election results as they, they come on <laughs> the prize pack. So now we're going to put into this prize pack the hottest book on campus, the yes, Sexual Etiquette 101. And for the guys, it has pictures, guys. It does. <laughs> it shows you how to do things. Diagram. So we're... So call in and tell us what you want your partners to know about sex. What is it, that one thing you want them to know about sex that you think they don't know, whether you're in a heterosexual relationship or, or, or same-sex relationship? Tell us, what is that one thing? 432-3893. And what's that? And if, and if you have any questions, the IM is impact exposure, just one word on name. Impact exposure. Okay. So let's talk about pleasure. Uh, what about it? You're all kind of looking at me like. <laughs> well, that's we a good here? question. We can start with you know the five senses. Oftentimes, several of them are involved in sex, um, or can be, especially in terms of pleasure. Yeah. I know we talked about taste, um, and we we fell down on the job and didn't bring our flavored lube for you. Um, <laughs> And I'm really disappointed that we didn't bring it. We last time we had some um, someone taste test it and guess what flavor it was. Oh. So we're gonna have you do, but we'll bring it. We'll wait for next, next time. Along with a big stick-on toy, we'll bring that along too, right? Yes. The dildo. Yes. I was waiting for you to say it. I did want you to say it. You guys have to tell the backstory now. I was afraid you couldn't say it. I said the toy. Well, you know, I mean, to start this off, you know. What's that? Dildo? Is it? You just want to say that. <laughs> Andrew said dildo. Just wait till we get to later, the other sex toys. Dildo is nothing compared to that. What else we'll be talking about tonight? Well, you know, what, what Erica brings up is in pleasure, you really need to know about sensuality. Because pleasure really is about sensuality and you're talking about your senses. And, and I always said that the, the two senses a baby uses when they're first born are what? What are the two senses they use? Touch. Touch and what else? Crying. <laughs> Smell. Smell. It's the two senses that most babies use, and it's the predominant senses that that kind of stay with you through your whole lifetime. I mean, who doesn't want to be touched uh, throughout their life? I mean, <laughs> there are some extremes, but most people want touch. And you know, when we talk about those things that enhance pleasure and detract from pleasure, usually the top two things that enhance pleasure or detract from it are what? Scent or smoking, correct? Well, smell. Overall body smell. odor. Right. Smell. Smell and touch. Usually they're complaining that there's not enough touch or there's enough touch and that enhances or detracts or bad smell or good smell enhances. So the senses are really important in pleasure. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, uh, you know, we're talking about sensuality here. That's right. So, what else? Touch. We talked a little bit about touch, um, just experiencing the different ways that you can be touched or touch someone else. Um, I think most importantly, you know, communication is a huge factor. Um, 
You have, it's important for you to know what you like and also to be able to tell your partner what you like. I mean, feel comfortable knowing that your partner is okay with you telling, telling them that. So that's sound. Well, that would so be sound. sound. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we'll get to sound oh, a little bit. I'm jumping all over. <laughs> but yeah, that definitely. And also, um, something I've noticed that I talk about in programs are like erogenous zones. And when you ask someone, like, what is an erogenous zone or where do uh, the opposite sex like to be touched, people just say, like, the genitals or like the vagina or the clitoris or something. They don't really think about that there's so many other places on the body that are sensual and that can turn you on. Um, and they can be different for different people. Exactly. And so like some of those would be like even the armpits. That's like one of them on the list. Of, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, and like your neck and your stomach and back and everything like that. Like people don't really think about that sometimes and those are just as important. So. You know, we do an exercise many times with folks, uh, not in class, but when they come into therapy or where they want to learn about their body, it's called sensate focus. And it's an exercise where we have people, you know, with their partner, have the partner touch every part of the, their, the partner's body, and then the partner has to respond back how that feels, because I think a lot of people don't experience all the different sensations the body can give you. You know, they really are focused on the genitals, or what we call the primary erogenous zones, you know, the breasts, the genitals. Uh, and you never really focus on those other parts of the body that are really can be sensuous. You know, we uh, back in the uh, early 80s, I worked with folks who were uh, spinal cord injured and really couldn't have any feeling below the waist and really couldn't focus on the genitals. And many of these people relearned by virtue of this exercise how to have an orgasm that was a holistic orgasm. It was a whole body orgasm rather than genitally focused. And they used to say that they felt that their sex lives were better than before they actually uh, had an accident because and now with the whole body was involved instead of just the genitals. So the sense of touch is really big and I think that uh, Erica said it right, it's all about communication because sometimes we assume that our partner just wants us to go right to the genitals. It's like right going business. from the mouth to the genitals in 2.5 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, you just kind of forget the whole rest of the body and never really discover it. So really to discover pleasure, you really need to discover your own body mm -hmm. and see what, it's, what it feels like. And speaking of touch, you know, even different sensations, you know, that might mean an ice cube or even massage oil. Um, you know, I know there's different, like, massage tools you can buy, like Bath and Body Works. Mm -hmm. kind of, like, nubby. <laughs> I don't know how else you can describe them. Nubby. Yeah, nubby. about that movie, wasn't it 40 Days and 40 Nights, where a guy decided to give up sex? And yes. then, so... He uses the feather? Uh, yeah. yeah. Is the feather a flower, flower or something? Flower. Flower. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if because it was tickle. But yeah, that flower. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's so anyways, he tickles instance. her with the flower mm -hmm. and she gets an orgasm without mm -hmm. them ever yeah. actually right. touching each other. And that, yeah. that is possible. It's just relearning and retraining yourself to feel those things. Uh, but we're just and being really able to communicate them to your partner. Right. You know, and, and I think that's one of the biggest uh, mistakes couples make is that they assume one person knows the other person's body or that they know what they want and they never communicate and then when you get them in the room and say you know try this and they go well I just assumed he liked this and she liked that and do it this way and they go no no I didn't <laughs> so it, it really is about communications uh, but you know you brought up the the smell you know mm -hmm. uh, what about smell why is smell such an important thing well there's and pleasure there's talk about pheromones um, whether or not pheromones even really exist, um, and if they do in humans, what role do they play? Yeah, 
Nobody yeah, this, really knows right now. I read an article last year that said something like they did the study where they gave, they had like a bunch of like men's t-shirts like in this box and mm-hmm. like women had to smell each one and like say which one they liked the most and then they tried they did something where they could see what the pheromones were and the pheromones they, the the shirts they liked the most had pheromones that were most similar to themselves I think. Just hmm. really, which I found That's interesting. interesting. That is really interesting. Yeah, I know of another study where, um, I have it written down here, a group of women applied a drop of their vaginal discharge on oh. their chest before going to bed. <laughs> I know it sounds kind of weird. Okay, there's a, one group that did that and one group didn't. And women are weird. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure they didn't should've do got, it like, I'm sure they did it. Yes, yeah. are outnumbered here, just remember that. <laughs> no. Well, we're talking about vaginal discharge on chests. I mean, come on. Yeah, well, I don't know. So the results... Um, ended up showing that the husbands of those who did apply it were, like, they initiated sex more than those who didn't apply it. So Interesting. I know. I could say something, but it's not proven, so. I'm just more amazed that Andrew was grossed out about that. I mean, come on, let's let's face it. Let's let's just get down to business here. Men have no problem ejaculating on women in heterosexual relationships, but you're grossed out that they're a drop of vaginal... I'm just making a joke, then. Okay. Well, the way it's, like, said is kind of like, what? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I just thought it was funny because you were reading it so... So nicely. So yeah, I yeah. Like, you know, well, so a woman just took a drop of vaginal discharge, they put it on their chest. I just, yeah. you know. Marble every day. Study. <laughs> I know. Uh, but yeah. honestly, let's talk, about, let's talk about the sense of smell. I mean, it's a, it's a billion dollar industry, fragrances. You know, we cover up and we ex- accent and stuff Same, like that. We all that. know about Axe body spray. Yeah. That <laughs> will do for you. I mean, <laughs> all you got to do is walk across campus, you know, when classes let up and you, you smell just about everything. You know, going across there, every perfume there is, and it's like, whoa, it's just a ch-ch-ch. Now, and then you walk by the men, and it's like, whoa. Huh. Uh, but you, all kinds of, so so why is it so important? Is, is it because, I said before, that, you know, as a baby, it's one of your predominant senses? I mean, babies can smell their mothers, they can smell all kinds of things. Is it because of that? Probably. I think it's also just as important on the other side. Like, if you smell someone who you don't like that smell, mm. I don't think you could be attracted to them. Right? I, I mean, at least that's how it is for me. I smell guess. is very tied specifically to memory. And yes. It's yeah. a very powerful sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just think about, I mean, you know, at your age now, you can smell something from your childhood and, and it brings back memories mm. instantly. It does. I mean, everyone can. You know, mm-hmm. my mother... My mother used to, when she was you know, very young, and I was young, used to smoke Winston cigarettes. And she quit, you know, probably when I was five years old. And every time I smell a Winston cigarette, I'm like, oh, I think of my mom right away. And so it's just, it's really powerful. And I don't think people really know that. And especially guys, I don't think, know that. You know, uh, <laughs> I'm always talking to guys about proper hygiene. Uh, that it can really turn off somebody's sense of smell. is incredibly important. Of all the senses, it's probably number two on the list of being important next to touch. Or that can turn somebody on, too. I know my roommate, I hope she's not listening, <laughs> but she has a shirt of a of a male right now that she might be smelling all the time because it smells like him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, th- I, think that's, I think that's very true. It brings back mm-hmm. those that, that Good memories and stuff like that. So we're still waiting for our callers to call in. Yeah. And you think one of the senses or you have a sense of smell 
that you think is important uh, to talk about uh, in this conversation, call in and we'll uh, give you that complimentary prize pack. What's the number, Andrew? 432-3893. And Andrew will make sure that you will not get a drop of vaginal <laughs> on your chest if you call in. It will right? be my solemn duty. <laughs> well, what's, what, what's the next sense? Well, that's really important. Sight. Sight. Sense of sight. Mm -hmm. And yeah. and how is that important? Do you folks, let's, let's put it out there, do you folks judge uh, somebody who's attracted by sight alone? I think it's a good first indicator. Yeah. It's a yeah. good first indicator. Kind of like smell. This, I think this brings up the question, when you talk about sight, I think the first question that you always hear about when, in terms of relationships with people is, does love at first sight? really exist yeah. or not. Emily, what do you think? Does love at first sight, does, does sight the first attractor to you? Mm-mm. No. Okay. Well, ladies, what about you? You know, I don't, I don't think so either. But, it, I mean, you can definitely be attracted to someone at first sight. You can definitely think they're attractive, mm -hmm. but I don't think I believe in love at first sight. Mm -hmm. no. Andrew? I think it can be. I think it's more <laughs> of a superficial thing, though. I think I think anybody yeah. can, can look at anybody and and decide whether someone's attractive or not uh, based on their own, you know, preferences. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're in love with them. And I think even, you know, um, yeah. Like, Kat, what do you think? Well, I'd like to talk about sight as not only how someone looks, but maybe how someone is carrying themselves. Mm -hmm. um, that might be really So that visual way. stimulus and how exactly. they actually present themselves is right. important to you. Mm -hmm. And you could learn about a, a lot about people people's personalities sometimes by just that. Mm -hmm. Watching their body language or yeah. the way they interact with other people. That makes someone attractive, I think. So we, we have Rob in the control booth. Rob, what, what do you think? Sight? <laughs> ah, he just says no. <laughs> I asked Rob Nothing. because cause most men are very visual. You know, when, when, it, when you talk about the senses that they use to find attractive uh, or, or partners and stuff, stuff it always comes out as sight. Is visual. Very men are very very visual, uh, and we could talk about that for hours, a long, <laughs> a long time. But it is real important to men. But women usually look at different things. I think cat w was important distinction there that it is visual, but it's really the way they carry themselves. It's more just seeing the way they carry themselves. I mean, it could be a really attractive guy, a hot guy, but it's you know he carries himself like you know a jerk. It's hot stuff. So. <laughs> what else about sight? Anything else? Um, a tool. A toolbox. <laughs> a tool shed. <laughs> well, let's see. I guess like when you're like engaging in sexual activities, um, sight is definitely important there. Like you said, men are visual, so they like to see things. Um, a lot of women, I think, don't like having the lights on, but I think <laughs> a guy would maybe prefer it. Well, so, I mean, the studies will show you that, but I mean, this is probably the show we would have done last month, but. Why do women, why do in most studies women want the lights off when they have sex? Why is it? Body image concerns yeah. or uncertainties of what their partner thinks about them. The body image of the person they're with or their own body image? Their own, their own, their own. Oh, so they don't really care what the guy or the girl looks like? Well, I think they do to an extent, but sometimes they're concerned about what they look like or what their partner might think they look like is more overwhelming to them at the uh -huh. time. Mm -hmm. It's like with anything, you know. People are their own worst critics, so of course they're exactly. going to be thinking about themselves before they're worried about what the other person looks like. See, I'll put forth that women do use visual. It's real important, but they use it in a concept we call spectatoring. They kind of look from above 
and as they're involved in something, saying, well, how do I look? How's this going? Am I doing the right things? Should I moan or not? <laughs> you're kind of spectating. Where you, where you're, you, you're not really there. You're kind of up here looking down saying, you know, is this all working? Is Do, do I look good? Am Wait, I so moving? you're saying they don't just moan because it feels good? They're, they're thinking it? <laughs> oh, I, 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 I did. Oh, I can't talk. I'll throw them a moan. But I would, I would have our listeners call in and say, do, are you afraid sometimes to talk during sex? Are you afraid sometimes to make noises during sex? And, and the, the looks on your faces, I'm going to assume that <laughs> that I may be on the right track here because I think some people are afraid to that's make noises. That's a lot noises. of assuming, Dennis. Yeah, that's assuming <laughs> oh, no, the same there's thing. There's some research behind it, Andrew. Maybe there's it's because reason. the person no, having sex in the, the same room as a roommate or something. <laughs> that's why they don't <laughs> want to make noise. Keep on the well, yeah, I, I can keep see that. It's a, a lot of thin there. walls in college. You know, yeah, there are. A lot of bunk beds that can. Mm -hmm. Well, that brings us to our next sense. Sound? Cheap housing. We're already talking about it. Sound. Making noise. Hearing <laughs> sex. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not just that, too. I think sound, I mean, communication, talking. Uh, and we know that it's very sensuous uh, to have music uh, during any type of relationship, whether it's a sexual relationship or back there. Everyone has their favorite music they like to listen to. Mm -hmm. It's not always the quote. You know, type of music that would turn you on, but you know, it could be head banging, the new ACDC album. Well, it doesn't even need to be music during sex. It could be music that was playing when you had a memory together or yeah. something like that. Mm -hmm. So, so we're talking about sensuality. So all these things, you know, it, you know, so often when you talk to people about uh, how to perform sex and how to do sexual behaviors, they talk just about the act. They don't really talk about all these different senses being involved in sex. And how important they are. I mean, you could be the best uh, person giving oral sex, or the best person in intercourse, and but you don't involve any of your senses, and you don't take advantage of it, or you don't pay attention to it, and it could be a total flop. Uh, you really no pun intended. <laughs> nice. He probably intended it. He probably no, did. You know that is important. That it's not just the mechanics of sex. Because um, a lot of people can do just the mechanics. Well, it's, 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 yeah, it's really about sensuality. It's really how you feel, you know, and that's why I think people spend so much time dressing up and, and uh, uh, doing all the things they do uh, to get ready for a date or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's really about sensuality. So. And turning off their cell phones. Right, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm guilty of. <laughs> oh, speaking of cell phones, I should probably give out the number again for the question. 432 yep. um, 3893. Or you can IM me at Impact And What were the various questions that they could Well, ask? you know, we, we knew when we came today it was going to be a challenge because everyone's kind of watching right. the elections. Look but to we know that there are those hardcore sex people out there that would listen to sex posters. <laughs> they want to hear it. But the ones that would call in, you usually are probably listening to... Oh, see, I sparked it right there. The questions are, the questions are tell us what you want your partner to know, also your senses. So we're open to any questions right now. Yeah. Right. Or if you have a question for us, too. We have one on the line right here. You're on air. You're tuned to Infat Exposure. Oh, maybe not. This is new for me to hit this button. I don't think he's ready yet. See, it's it's oh, just not. we're talking about hitting the right button here for pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is relevant. This is on the right path right now. Somebody's got to communicate what button we're trying to hit. <laughs> now we got someone. All right, we'll try again. 
You're on air. You're tuned to Impact Exposure. Hi there. Um, I was just calling in to comment on the comment you made earlier about making noise in bed. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, I was thinking that if you're thinking about it that too much, you're not enjoying it. I mean, I don't think I ever thought, should I throw in a moan? I mean, it's, <laughs> you, you should just not even be thinking about it. I mean, if well, you're that's really, really involved. But do, do, do you think that it's possible that some people would consciously say, if I moan, I don't know what he or she's going to think about me? I, I guess I never really thought about it that way. But, I mean, the whole point is just to be enjoying yourself, I would think. So I don't think it would matter. But do you think, do you think, no, I'm assuming, I'll make another assumption here that you're a woman. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so do you think that women in general are free enough to just enjoy themselves and have pleasure? The women I know are yes, but I don't know if I could really speak fairly for everybody. Well, how, no, honestly, I'm going to push on it. How, how do you know the women you know, do they sit, you guys sit around at, at, at coffee and say, hey, I just let it all hang out. You know, I just, I screamed, I had a double, triple <laughs> orgasm last night. How do you know that? Um... Well, I guess, I don't know, we are not, I'm not, we're not really explicit about anything that gets done in the bedroom, because I think it's sort of tacky in general, but I think you can talk about it in a way that you get information and understand, you know, kind of what, what other people are experiencing and what's normal. So you listen to, you, you, you go on Facebook and you just kind of record the stuff down and find out that way, right? <laughs> uh, I guess, and I mean, I, everybody's had a few experiences, I mean, you're talking about, you know, dorm walls being too thin, I mean, I think you can tell when somebody's you're what a friend's yours or someone you've overheard has had a good time and when they haven't. And you can also, like, you know, reinforce that by asking questions the next day, like, how is that? What, what you know, how did that work out? And, you know, well, I, 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 really pre- I really appreciate your information because, you know, I always see what we call the identified patients, the people who do come and say, you know, I don't know how to be free. I don't know how to have pleasure. I don't know if, if I can let control go. A lot of women who can't have orgasms, and orgasm by far is not the end all. Uh, it's because they have control issues. They can't really let go. They can't really be free to, to say, I'm having the best darn time of my life. And they and they will moan and they will let themselves have it. So so I was just pushing you on how do you really know your friends are having the best time of their life? But it sounds like you're you're someone that that, that is able to, that, that yeah, it doesn't think about it. Yeah, I guess, I guess I, maybe I, I attribute my own personal experiences to them. I don't, maybe that's, <laughs> maybe it's wrong. I, I guess that's, that's an easy thing to say. Yeah. I, I guess I don't really know, but I would think that my friends are similar to me. We've had similar histories, and I know what my experiences are, and therefore I make assumptions about theirs, I guess, too, based on the feedback I get from them. I, I actually appreciate your feedback now, and you, you've been really honest with us. And I, I tell you what, if you go ask your friends tomorrow, and ask them this question, uh, you call us back at the next, next radio program we have, and we'll give you a triple prize pack. <laughs> <laughs> Does she have an, uh, an answer to our question of the day? We should ask What was the question of the day? The I'm question of the day is, what, uh, uh, I'm going to assume here, and you tell me if I'm wrong, okay, uh, that you're heterosexual. Yes. Okay, so what, what would you want all men to know about sex? What was one thing, if you could tell men one thing about sex that they should know about, what would it be? Oh, gosh. Is there a list? <laughs> That's a really tough one. Um, that it, it sex can be completely fulfilling with or without an orgasm, but that, like, I think orgasm-driven sex is a mistake. Like, if that's what your goal is, then I don't think you're going to be having as much fun as if you just kind of go into it with however this works out, it'll be a good time. Can I say I love you? <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was a good answer. Great answer. You're going to 
gonna get she the prize back. We'll stick back. two books in there so you can give one to your partner. <laughs> All right, great. That sounds awesome. Thanks for calling. You're very welcome. All right, we have a second call as All well. Right. We'll see how this works out. You're on air. You're tuned to Invad Exposure. Oh, hi. <laughs> um, am I on right now? Yes. Hello. Okay, uh, this is going to be kind of awkward for me to say because I've never said this before, but I figure why not? You guys talk about sex, so... Hey, we're, we're into yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I, and I'm sure someone else out there has thought the same thing, so, all right. Um, I would consider myself straight. I have a boyfriend. I love having sex with him. Uh, the only problem is, is... Uh, sometimes the only way I can orgasm is if I, I close my eyes and I, like, imagine I'm having sex with a woman. Okay. I've heard it before. That's not so awkward. I appreciate the honesty. You know, uh, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of questions I could ask you, but we'd be here till you know, uh, the election was done tonight. But one of those is I think there's a lot of fantasy. People use fantasy for sexual arousal, and it can be fantasy, any type of fantasy. It, because you have fantasies about a woman doesn't necessarily mean that you are, are gay or lesbian or anything like that. People have all kinds of fantasies, but the purpose of fantasies is sexual arousal. It's to, get, it's to do any other thing. Now, when you said you were having sex with him, you have to know that 50% of women do not have orgasms during intercourse. Now, can you have an orgasm when you masturbate? Oh, I guess I'm like a rare breed because I I always orgasm. Like, I never don't. Congratulations. <laughs> we, we actually would like to have you as poster child. No. Uh, no. So you do you do orgasm when you ha when you masturbate, but with your with your boyfriend right now, it's hard to orgasm unless you have a fantasy, right? Um, not not always. I mean, I am very, very turned on by him. He's okay. a very sexy man, but <laughs> it, it's weird. It, it's almost like, um, it's say all day. You know how throughout the day you'll have random, like, uh, sexual thoughts? Uh-huh. If I have random sexual thoughts and, like, say I see a really attractive woman, if him and I have sex that night, it's almost like I can only get off if I'm, if I'm thinking about her or something. Well, would it would it would it be uh, would it be tough for you to consider yourself to be bisexual? Oh no, not at, I mean, not really. I've definitely I've been with a couple of girls, but I've never. I, I prefer men, if it makes sense. Well, you might prefer men in some ways, but in a sexual situation, you might prefer the a touch of a woman or the communication of a woman. So it's not really that awkward, and it's really not that weird. Uh, I've heard it many times, uh, and, and there's relationships that are really solid when uh, the, one of the partners has fantasies about other people, whether they're same sex or not. So it's really about arousal. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry too much about it. I, I guess it's just more of I don't know how to, um, like tell him because I, I, I have told him, but then he's like, oh well, you want to have a threesome, and I definitely don't, <laughs> you know. So it, it's just hard for me to kind of accept that. And I think he knows when I'm, uh, like, if I close my eyes like that, he, I think he knows. Well, you know? don't close your eyes no more. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing is, I'm going I'm to introduce something here that's going to be quite extraordinary. Why do you even have to tell him? Why do you have to tell him your fantasies? Do you feel like you have to be... No. Oh, no. I don't. It's not like, 
it's not like he makes me. It's not. We have a very healthy relationship. I, I guess it's just I can't keep this to myself, and I I haven't told any of my girlfriends because I don't want to weird them out at all. You know, I don't. Sure. I don't want people to think, oh, I I can't go shopping with Sarah anymore because she's you know she's thinking like, about me. Yeah. Exactly. I don't right. want that because I'm not like that. Right. But it's the I don't know. I thought I could tell him, and he. It's cool with him, but now it's kind of like he wants a threesome, and it's just a mess. <laughs> well, I think you're being honest with him. I mean, you're, you're doing what Erica said in the beginning. You're communicating with him. Right, and I think that's so important when it comes to having, like, a sexual relationship is knowing what each other likes, but obviously he's not able to give me everything, I guess. Well, it's good that you're able to be honest with yourself, and it's just important to understand that it's not abnormal to have thoughts like that. Um, and... The fact that you tried to be honest with him is, is I mean, the best that you can really do in that situation. And you've right. kind of laid it out to him uh, how you feel, but you, you you don't want to take it as far as a threesome, and there's nothing wrong with that. And if he can't accept that, then, you know, I guess he's totally. not going to accept it. But, you know, you have to just be honest and not be, feel forced into doing something you don't want to do. And, you know, that's that's exactly how I feel, but I think he almost looks at it looks at it like I'm teasing him. Kind of like, oh, so you, you fantasize about women, but you don't want to live out the fantasy. And that's something that I'm trying to learn how to, uh, I, I guess, get through his head. But well, just so you know, that that's his problem. Yeah, there you go, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's his problem. You know, let, let him have his problem. You're communicating. You've already said you, you sound like, you feel like you have a healthy relationship. And you know, more power to you. I think that, that fantasy is absolutely normal. Thoughts how like that are absolutely normal. So, right. uh, thanks for calling in, and we have a prize pack for you. So Are stay, you stay in the line, okay? <laughs> yeah, stay in the line, and, and he'll uh, he'll take your information down. Awesome, thank you guys. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you know, we're talking about pleasure. I mean, she brings up a lot of good points. You know, not just about that, but what about fantasy? You know, as far as pleasure. I mean, what do you guys think about that? I think that's a, a big part of pleasure too. Mm -hmm. um, just like she said, like just and because you think something doesn't mean you actually want to do it, you know, by any means. So, and speaking of you know sight and pleasure, we didn't talk at all, you know, even about movies or pictures or magazines or erotica of any kind either. Mm -hmm. That could be you know very stimulating for some people. Exactly. As well. You want to talk about aphrodisiacs? That's right. Aphrodisiacs. Right. Good. Yes. Yeah, that's my favorite topic. <laughs> I love talking go, about this stuff. Go for it. Aphrodisiacs. Fantasies are an aphrodisiac. <laughs> I think we just uh, saw a, an example of that. Yeah. That's right. Chocolate, chocolate. too. Chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> the Torch and Twang hosts are eating chocolate and they're getting ready for their own program <laughs> so they can have their Torch and Twang orgasms. Okay, let's talk about aphrodisiacs. What about them? Are they real? Are they real? Well, I don't know. What do you guys think? Are they real? I think it depends yeah, on who you ask or what they maybe know about them to begin with or mm -hmm. what they've tried. I think if someone believes that it's real for themselves, then it can become real. Well, think about some most aphrodisiacs. Most of them you either taste, smell, touch. Or see. Or see. Okay. Yes. And it's all about sensuality. So even if, do we have another caller? I think we lost a couple of them there. Yeah, I can't tell. That's, but, but most of that. <laughs> Communication. Is anybody on the line right now? Okay. Somebody's having a fantasy on the line. Well, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll try. We'll hit button. This may be it. Hello. 
Okay. We're no, talking about I'm... phone sex now. Okay. <laughs> okay. But aphrodisiacs, let's get back to it. Uh, what, you know, we usually talk about foods that are aphrodisiacs, you know, with the list of mm -hmm. foods. Now, one of the most sensuous things there is in this world, and people talk about it all the time, is eating. I mean, sharing a dinner. Why do people go on dates and go to dinner? Because it's a very sensuous thing. You get to know a lot about a person. And so food is a very uh, sensuous thing. And so many foods are aphrodisiac. No, not just a banana, because what <laughs> banana <laughs> represents. But chocolate <laughs> and chocolate. all those other things. like Italian that. food. Yeah, I have this whole big list Italian of food. foods with stimulating qualities. And some of them are really out there, like chickpeas, um, mint. Honey, chickpeas, maybe in Kentucky, <laughs> seaweed, sushi, rosemary, roast almonds, sushi, really? I would agree potatoes. Yeah, I mean potatoes. this is pretty interesting stuff. Some of these, and you know, and these obviously don't go for everyone because honestly, some of these foods gross me out. I don't think they would ever turn me on. But Not sushi. I, I heard oh. sushi goes to me out. When I was oh, a camp no. counselor, Sorry. when I was a camp counselor, they said that they the reason why they served us so much potatoes was to like lower the sex drive. <laughs> so then, how could that? that Seriously? Wait, really? Well, I was say? a camp. I was a camp director. Really? And we used Put to, what in it? We, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> 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 potatoes. I thought potatoes we were just big. tend to load camp you down. Camp is a really sexy time. Mm. I don't know. Well, potatoes are on my cinnamon qualities list, so <laughs> but no shell. That's how I guess it depends. <laughs> yeah, French fries maybe. That's what I'm thinking of. They're kind of phallic looking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> French fries. You just really scared. You just say phallic, didn't you? Yeah. Phallic fries. I'm surprised you. Talk about asparagus and all the rest of them. Okay. That's right. What, what about the other, any other aphrodisiacs? What do we go on to? Oh, there's always, you know, the oysters that yeah. you hear a lot about. Mm -hmm. um, well, you know, it's, it's funny is that, you know, we've done this exercise, Erica, you've done this with me, we, I've done it in class before where we talk about female anatomy and male anatomy and all the names you've ever heard talking about female anatomy. And when you use it, when you say vagina, you get a lot of food products. <laughs> Talking about vagina, you know, it's it's, it's the taco, it's the this, it's that, it's that. It's all about food. It's about eating food, and you usually don't get that about the penis. You don't you usually. Well, get you just said banana. Well, banana. Yeah, that's, that's because banana, nobody dog. calls it. Nobody refers to it. As banana, that's true. That's popsicle. <laughs> but part of that, part of that is, is in relation to that is you talk about foods and aphrodisiacs because many of the body parts, the genitals, mm -hmm. are, have food names, whether we like it or not. People give it food names. Uh, but we only represented in popular culture that way. Right. We only have a few minutes left here. You want to go back to talking about touch? Yeah, that's fine. Sex toys. Let's talk about sex toys. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I knew you wanted sex to talk toys. about sex toys. Oh, yeah. That's why I'm here. <laughs> but maybe next show, thing. Emily, we'll actually bring the sex toys here to yeah. have a demo on air, right? Yeah, we'll continue the conversation with sex toys. We'll start it today, continue it next time, All right. bring the demo. So. so, tell us about sex toys, Kat. Well, <laughs> what do you want to know about sex toys? Everything. They are very important for touch. There are a lot of different kinds of sex toys. Now, what? Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you, what about, like, is it okay to use them? Like, what about the right. stigma behind them? Like, do you think... I've had a lot of questions. A lot of um, my girlfriends ask me, if I keep using my vibrator, will I get addicted to it? Will I not need my boyfriend? Will I not need Speaking my boyfriend? Will I not be able to orgasm without a vibrator? Now, sometimes I don't know how to answer that question because it is true that 
I mean, a lot of people have told me that vibrators, sometimes people can get a little dependent on them. And if they're not using normal... Right. Sleep, they're addictive? Right, a little bit. Or they get used to it, maybe, and yeah. so that's what they condition themselves. Right, they get themselves. used to it, so they condition themselves for that. So if there's regular any whether other... It's, whether it's a toy or not, or a vibrator, right. what, what the addiction is, the person knows themselves how best to please themselves. And mm -hmm. so it's really a lack of communication. It goes back to what Erica said and Emily, you said the same thing. It's about communication. It's telling the partner you're with how you want things done, where you want things done, to what degree, what pressure, what everything, so that your partner can bring you to that satisfaction level. The reason people get addicted to, and I don't like the word addicted, uh, you know, right. are solo sex yeah. and use toys and, and, and use masturbation lines because they don't necessarily know how to communicate with the partner if they have a partner about how to do it best. You know, and that's why a lot of women are not orgasmic doing intercourse because they really never talk to the guy they're with about what position we should best use to achieve orgasm, what is direct clitoral stimulation. Hey, I said clitoris. Hey, yeah, good job. <laughs> well, I think it's important there, too, just to point out that there's nothing wrong with solo sex, either. I mean, because you, you started talking about partner, but I think you should point out... The what, what are you giggling like a little schoolgirl for? <laughs> a lot of people have a problem with masturbation and talking yeah. about sure masturbation. Do. Yeah, and, sure do. you know, sometimes that's the only way to find out. I mean, like what you were just talking about, it's the only way to find out what works for for you, and that's the only way you're going to be able to communicate it to someone else. So uh, it's important not to just, you know. Well, with any touch, like I mean, we all know with any touch, you have to be comfortable with your body. You have to give your, yourself permission in order to touch yourself. There's a lot of people who don't believe that they are allowed to touch themselves for various reasons: religion, politics, culture, all kinds of things. So you know, you have to be comfortable with your body. You have to you have to realize that you have that right to be able to touch yourself and you have that right to be able to please yourself. Now, it may go against some of your beliefs and values, but uh, everyone has that right. They have a right to uh, express themselves. Absolutely. That's what they do. You know, and if you don't know what you like or what feels good to you, th there's no way you can let a partner know that um, or, you know, communicate what you want more of or less of. I think you said it before, Erica, it's about also uh, being able to tell somebody when you're not comfortable with something, mm -hmm. when Absolutely. you don't want to do it, yes. when when you're not a consenting person, mm -hmm. and and you just go along because you don't know how to communicate, or don't want to communicate, you got to feel comfortable that you can say no to anything you're not comfortable with, whether it's using time. a toy or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and well, I just and I just thought it was appropriate because we started talking about a vibrator and. Then we started talking about addiction right after that, and I just wanted to make sure that, I mean, to have a vibrator is not a crime. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no, I think that's, it's one way to get in touch with your body. You know, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, uh, unless you have a problem with it. But uh, next time, I think we'll bring the toys in, and Cat, Cat will walk us through the <laughs> what they are. <laughs> no yeah. demo, that just walk us through. <laughs> walk you through. I'll just Emily talk sex with Sue. Yep. Yeah, we'll talk about some G spot toys next time. Some dildos, anal stimulation toys. And I heard you in the hallway say butt plug today. I did say butt plug today. I learned. Unfortunately, we're gonna have to skip over butt plug today because we're running out of time. Well, didn't we talk about Ohio State earlier? I think that their necklaces with the little what are they called? Buckeyes. They look like anal beads. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, thank you. They agree in the booth. In the booth, they agree. <laughs> Rob agrees. The Ohio State anal beads.
Cool. Well, what's coming up real quickly? Because uh, December 1st is World AIDS Day. Um, we'll be holding walk-in testing on November 4th, a walk-in HIV testing. And then our next show will be December 2nd, the day after World AIDS Day. Mm -hmm. And we're hoping Emily will host yeah. it with I will be back. You've been great. Yeah, well, thank Thanks. you guys so much for coming. Virgin host. Yes, this is true. And thank you again, the crew from uh, Owen Health Center, for coming in to talk about sex and relationships and pleasure for impact sex exposure. Absolutely. Good night. Have a good night. Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact.